a full-throttle thrash song. A truly timeless classic. And a melancholy track from a DIY producer. You're listening to Themes and Variation. Themes and Variation is a podcast about music and perspectives brought to you by the online music school, Soundfly. I'm your host, Carter Lee. All right, folks, another Themes and Variation coming at you. Today, we're talking about the most played song on my phone. Our panel breaks down three tracks that were selected for them by the devices that more or less control their lives. And joining me for this subtly dystopic episode is my frequent co-host, Mahaya Lee, and songwriter, Dominique Marie. Since entering the songwriting scene in 2017, Dominique has landed some amazing collaborations with artists like James Maslow, Benny Benassi, Justin Gesso, Excision, and several others. Some of her recent highlights include a national TV commercial sync with Big Lots for her rendition of Put a Little Love in Your Heart, and her top 40 Billboard dance charting collaboration with Morgan Madison titled Drifter. Aside from writing and releasing music, Dominique is also the music producer for NBC's The American Song Contest, was previously a for The Voice Originals alongside Republic Records, and has consulted for many other shows, such as Songland. We had such a blast chatting with Dominique. She was the perfect guest for this episode, and I cannot thank her enough for coming on the show. And folks, if you're anything like me, this time of year you start to reflect on the goals you set at the beginning of the year. So for me, one big goal was I wanted to read a book a month. I fell way short of that. I got I got some reading done. And I will say the first book I read, I started off totally wrong with uh, a super long read. Shout out to Haruki Murakami's uh, Killing Commendator. That took up like a few months. So I got a little bit behind there. But on my musical goals, I definitely accomplished them. And I think a lot of that was due to soundfly.com. So if you have any musical goals, you already know you got to head to soundfly.com. We've got all kinds of incredible courses with artists like Ryan Lott, RJD2, Kimbra, Calm Trues, Kiefer, and Jaylin. And we've also got courses on every kind of topic you could want to learn in music, like the art of hip-hop production, beat making in Ableton Live, our Faders Up mixing series, the creative power of advanced harmony, and so much more. So head to soundfly.com. If you use the discount code POD, podcast in all caps you can take 20 percent off a monthly or annual subscription well i'd say that's just about enough out of me so without further ado let's get into the episode the most played song on my phone folks another themes and variation coming at you uh, hey, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because I know that that question, um, you know, it has been worn out. We've done a bunch of episodes. Yeah, how do you I've, think I'm doing, Carter? I'm not even going to guess. I'm not going to ask you how okay. you're doing. We're right. just going to blow I, right I by it. I appreciate that. Uh, we're cool. just letting people know that you're here. Um, but I yeah. am super stoked. Incidentally, I'm well. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's great. Ahead. Neither here nor there. But uh, I'm... <laughs> I am very, very excited because uh, we were joined by a fantastic guest, an incredible songwriter, Dominique Marie. Dominique, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Uh, guys, we're talking the most played song on my phone. A um, little different kickoff yeah. question for you both on this one. What situations do you find you listen to music the most? Uh, you mean... Just in your like... life, are you... Are you just listening to music? Is that the focus? Are you doing something else? Like are you driving? Are you, you know, trying to chill? Are you trying to get pumped up? Are you traveling? Like, Can yeah. I answer your question a slightly different way? Please. So the song that I picked is probably, well, no, it's definitely not the most played song on my phone, first of all. So I failed there. But this is a theme that we didn't talk about before it ended up on the list. Nope. And it's a good theme. I'm just the wrong panelist for it. So... Probably like the 50-ish, oh, yeah, like 50-ish most played songs on my phone fall into one of these categories. Uh, songs that are like my own works in progress, yeah. <laughs> you know, that I'm yeah. probably going to throw out anyway. Songs I had to learn for some sort of gig because I like am paranoid when I play other people's material. Um, music I put on to help the dog calm down or songs that I had to listen to for the purposes of this podcast or yeah. other Soundfly work. So I just, I, I scrolled through a lot of songs and I was like, this is the most played song that I play for the sheer just 
appreciation yep. of listening to music. Um, Similar yeah. vibe here. Dominique, I'm guessing your phone's loaded with a lot of works in progress. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a lot so of voice many. memos. So yeah. many. Oh, wow. And and yeah, I, I didn't even know how to go about finding the most played song because right? it's... <laughs> I mean, Spotify, I looked at Spotify because I use Spotify and I walk my dogs. I listen to music in the car. Mm -hmm. I also listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, when the podcast game Mm -hmm. shot up, it's like so nice to listen to people talk about things you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I, gosh, I mean, I think I listen to mostly my music than (laughs) other people's music just because... I don't know. I and I don't listen to pop. I write pop and and singer songwriter stuff. Mm. I listen to maybe more like alt rock or I don't oh, know indie stuff. I guess that, I don't know. I Not think so I have pop. a similar experience there with listening, where it's the stuff that you work on and it, like maybe you just want to get away from it, right? Like you just mm. if that's like we're surrounded by music uh, every day, all day, and that's awesome. But at the same time, it, it's really easy to burn out on on that stuff and thinking analytically about music, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, man, I just want to chill. So I, most of my listening habits are podcasts, probably, yeah. frankly. But. I was going to say, back in school, I'd get so, like in finals weeks, I'd be so fixated on listening to music and like analyzing and picking things out or whatever mm-hmm. that I started listening to like old radio dramas to fall asleep. <laughs> Yes, and I used to listen to that with, with my dad. Was, right? Like the Twilight Zone yes. and things like that. Where you're like, I don't know. This is what I want to listen to. This is all my head can take. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. crazy. And, and I feel like there's so much music now. And it's rare mm. where I'm truly touched by a song. And so when I do find a yep. song that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just mesmerized <laughs> by it. I listen to it over same over mm-hmm. and over mm-hmm. and i never seem to get tired of it. i just move on to the next song that i find but um yeah <laughs> but yeah so it was hard it was hard to pick a song one song that yeah. is you, yeah you mentioned though that you it was hard for you to figure out how to find it on your phone i, I swear it used to be easier yeah but i couldn't find that information I'll, on my computer or my phone <laughs> why don't we listen to some music uh, let's get into our first selection for the episode folks we are <laughs> we're listening to battery from metallica from master puppets um master puppets i believe their third kill them all ride the lightning and master puppets and i'm pretty sure they go in that order but uh for whatever reason um that information is escaping me at this time but um <laughs> look the phone picked this song for me i still love the song um unironically i love it had you guys heard this song before? Obviously, you'd heard Metallica, I'm sure, before. But um, I know Mahea is not the biggest metal fan. Dominique, do you ever? Wait, you that's ever not listen? fair. You're I not the biggest metal fan. Word. It's fair. I don't but dislike like, metal. I yeah, don't that's dislike fair. it. But I appreciate when's it. When's the last time you sought out a, a metal track? Fair question. <laughs> yeah. So, Do- Dominique, have you, had you heard the song before? And do you listen to I <laughs> metal or Metallica? I don't. Um, choose to listen to metallica but i know my friends yes like I, my brother likes metallica my I, i've been exposed to it my whole life but i i wouldn't put it on um, is your uh, brother a musician as well no he's not actually um he does work for a music company he's oh, he works for sync music and like you know he's head of operations or something he's very smart nice. techie kid um but he is not musical really at all <laughs> But if he's, if he's in this era, Metallica, he's got uh, yeah, and he like got, he like yeah, he taste. he has like an old soul, I think, a little bit because he, he's mm. younger than me. Metal for me, I, I got into it as a teenager and like really as got into it as a Canadian teenager, as a Canadian teenager. And I thought sense. that um, I was just going to listen to metal for the rest of my life, and then I found jazz. And I think what the through line for me was like it's such a weird like oh now I'm really into jazz, but I, when I started playing bass, it was the same time I got into metal. I wanted to get really good at bass metal like i found cliff burton from metallica was like oh my god this is the greatest bass player i've ever seen in my life he played it like a guitar i wanted to be technically really good 
And then I saw what you could do in jazz with the bass and was like, okay, well, that's <laughs> what I'm going to pursue then. It's so funny, like I still come back to this record. There's there's a few bands, Pantera, a few eras of Megadeth that I love. Um, some Anthrax, Children of Bodom, like hardcore, like Euro thrash metal stuff. <laughs> Very specific songs that I love and cannot get away from. And this is clearly one of them. So just a fast fact about this this song and, and what the track is about. I think it, it, it just gets at the scene a little bit. It's really kind of interesting. I found this on the... Like Metallica, all these huge mega like old uh, metal bands have these wiki fandom pages. And I found this um, <laughs> little fast fact. Uh, the theme of the song revolves around the San Francisco thrash scene of the 1980s. Uh, the most prominent club uh, played by Metallica was the Old Waldorf located on 444 Battery Street. Um, so there's the, the name of the tune, uh, tune. The tone of the song is one of familial ties and the positive release of energy through the common interest of metal. It's also like... This is an area you have the glam rock bands in L.A., the like Quiet Riots, the Motley Crues, Wasp, L.A. Guns. There's there's so many of them. And then up the coast in the Bay Area was this like thrash scene starting to emerge as like a almost counterculture, I think, to to what was going on in like what was heavy metal, like early heavy metal, which was like glam rock and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but why this is the most played song on this on my phone. This is really easy. Um, I listen to it when I exercise. That's pretty much it. That's like the reason why this song gets played a lot. Um, this is a good exercise song. It's perfect for an exercise song. It has, if you, it's a perfect start to to a, like any like if you're on the I ride the bike a lot, right? The start of it, the the acoustic guitar, the melody. You're kind of just getting fired up. You know what's going to happen. You're not instantly like go 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 go. It's just the perfect song. Like the, you have the the acoustic melody up front, the soaring electric guitars take over the melody after that. Best part though of this and any like thrash and hey, this this term's gonna you're gonna think it's hilarious, but the chugging palm muting riff. So you know what. Chugging on guitarists, either either of you. Is I this a new term? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like I've heard it before, but sounds like, really cool though. <laughs> it, uh, it it does. It it's really just a like. Really? Yes, that's chugging, and I had not. Oh, I had forgotten that term since high school. I was like, man, you gotta. I and I couldn't. I guess so. It's so hard to do. It's really because you you feel like like it the the riffs themselves, and this this riff is a great example of that. It feels really intense and it's fast and it's it's difficult technically. It's so easy for you to physically tense up playing like that, mm -hmm. but you have to stay incredibly relaxed to be able to play that. I am terrible at getting that that technique on guitar or anything because i tense up immediately Wait, is that something you do, do with it. a pick or is that something with a pick uh so okay. palm muted they're all it's always palm I'm muted to picture this. so your left hand is so no your right hand is palm muting yep i'm not a guitarist clearly yep okay yeah that does sound really hard it's it's tough <laughs> it's tough but we're we're learning new terms today too that's that's fun any yeah. any moments from like i mean if you guys had a chance to listen if not no worries but any moments from this song that that kind of stuck out to you i mean it's a classic metal track it's um i don't know again the phone picked it for me so it's not I <laughs> no i was just gonna say what you were talking about before with this as an exercise track i do i mm -hmm. have heard that if there are songs that like scare you a little <laughs> those are the most ideal exercise tracks you know like mm -hmm. like horror soundtracks and things like that and i i that's, do feel like weird. this kind of falls into well because it just like makes you feel like you're running from yeah. something you know? yeah i guess so that checks out there um the intro isn't what i expected like i know i've heard the song at some point in my mm -hmm. life it's mm -hmm. not one that i remembered um well at least it's like there's certain songs from rock like this and like Stairway to Heaven and stuff like that that are just a little bit prettier than yeah. I ever remember them it, being. <laughs> you know? This era 
of metal i like it's the neoclassical influence i think on metal where they're mm-hmm. like the the harmony if you look at classical exactly like classical music and metal like there's they're so similar in terms of the mm-hmm. tension release of them and and this this song is like like there you have the incredible riffing which say we like james hetfield is maybe not the most incredible guitar player technically but like can write riffs and unbelievable riffs but this song has that balance of like incredible melody and like a really solid groove and it, it's one of the most locked in metallica tunes but it just again like i keep going back to that melody i get goosebumps still listening to it and i have i've known this song like my entire life uh and just haven't been able to outgrow it for whatever reason um even that's as I one thing that i noticed like when i listen to it or when i listen to any metallica mm-hmm. how it has this emotional and physical effect like immediately yeah you just it's in i don't know how they did it i mean maybe they're just playing with such passion it it just translates through any sort of medium like it's wild i immediately thought of working out and i felt intense and like yeah my heart beat you know my heart rate <laughs> spike <laughs> i didn't check mine but i should have it went like, up i've got it my had little to apple have. watch it must have right they they've had such an inch like they they still have that authenticity despite Whoa. You just if they this do it, this it's is a big statement you're making. It's here. incredibly they, they've they had an era of like the Saint Anger era and with Napster and like Lars and Metallica like trying to sue Napster, and they became the like total clowns and looked terribly like like in the public eye and were like this band is yeah. so lame. But they Didn't found they also a, do the soundtrack of Lords of Chaos though when maybe. everyone from that scene refused to be involved. But they they have they found a way for whatever reason to kind of get the, I, th- I look at them now more authentically than I used to. I, I think mm-hmm. that they still have that. They still like the, the energy that they put into shows and, and their records and stuff is still, still incredible. I also think, They're super old now too. They're like, yeah, 60 something. Some of them, except for th- Robert Trujillo. I think there's a little bit of an almost like, like kind of like they say part of the Dave Matthews issue, like Dave Matthews is actually an amazing musician, but people don't like his fans. You know, that's really what it, what it comes yeah. from. I feel like there's a little bit of that to Metallica too, where they've made a few questionable decisions and it's made it easy to hate them. But yeah, ultimately there's so much musicianship here in spite of that, you know, like yeah, it's is. inarguable. Um, there's a, few covers of this the, the one though that i want to try and listen with you both if i can find it is uh, no a harp tribute yes. uh, called harp talica um <laughs> and here's here's just a little snippet The sustain of the harp feels a little Yeah, there's bit a lot weird. of bleed. There's a lot of bleed, but... I think you could ca- palm mute a harp, too, can't you? Isn't that... Maybe. I don't know if it's called that. Uh, yeah. We'll have to check in with the harpist on that. That's all I've got for battery. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts before we move on to our next selection? Uh, no, I mean, I guess, yeah. I, I should try working out to Metallica. <laughs> Go for a nice it's run. It'll probably be my fastest yeah. run I'll ever right? do. <laughs> Because you'll be terrified. Yeah, because I'll be uh, running from something. <laughs> That's fair. That is absolutely fair. I took my love, took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in snow covered hills till the landslide brought me down. Dominique, what uh, do we have the pleasure of listening to? So we are listening to Landside by Fleetwood Mac. It's, Fantastic pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where would you like to start with anything? You <laughs> I want? know. My, where yeah, to my, start, really? <laughs> well, my question for you is just like, what do you think led this to be your most played song? I mean, like, I'm guessing you listen to a variety of different scenarios. Yeah, but yeah, what, what led it to be your most played song? Um, You know, I have... A very distinct memory of my mom. My mom loves Fleetwood Mac. Mm. Of just being in the car listening to like this album over and over. <laughs> and um, both my parents are, you know, big music fans. So um, I grew up listening to a lot of really great music. So I just have a really fond memory of falling in love with Fleetwood Mac at a very young age. And 
what I think is really interesting about this song is obviously when I was a kid, didn't understand truly what it meant. But in each stage of your life, it means something different to you. And it's such a powerful message. And like, there's so much emotion to it. But, you know, in each phase, it can mean something completely different. Even now, it means something like I'm in a place where I really relate to where the song was written from, like the original meaning when she wrote it. And I was like, wow, I wish I could write a song like this that just like surpasses decades and generations. And so, yeah, I, I it was almost a no-brainer when I came to it I was like why didn't I, like why wasn't this the first you know song I thought of but I guess it means a lot to me like most songs mean to people wow yeah it's an excellent choice you're right there's something super timeless about this song in particular but Fleetwood Mac in general yeah I feel like it's hard to find a song of theirs that's aged poorly oh my gosh I know you can't any time like this song of course for yeah. me the end of the chain is a, as a bait like that was one of the, the first things amazing. i learned on my instrument i was like oh my god mm-hmm. this is so good it's so good oh so good we talked about songbird on the podcast once before too, yeah, yeah. that's i thought this was the, i thought maybe dominique have we talked fleetwood mac before because i was going to give dominique credit for getting the first Fleetwood Mac. I picked Songbird once. Okay. I can't remember what the theme was. Mm. Well, second one. That's pretty good still. <laughs> yeah. But this is in, like, I'd argue this is a stronger song overall. Yeah. This is, not that you should be, like, pitting them against each other, but this is such a good song. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's one of those songs where you, like, like I like covers of this song, and that's kind of a yeah. weird thing, because I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of covers that don't change much about the arrangement, you know? Mm. But... I remember the I don't like. The, yeah. the Dixie Chicks. I think now the Chicks mm-hmm. uh, did a cover that is incredible. Any other covers that stand out for either of you of this this track that you can remember? <laughs> oh, you know, I was reading. I, I could pull it up. I should have written it down, but. Um... Something that was noted in in an article I was reading about the song was how many massive artists, even back in the late 70s and 80s, covered this like instantly because it was such a hit right away. Like huge, huge, huge artists. It was, you know, a no brainer for them to connect with this song and bring it into another fan base. I'm thinking even like if you go to like an open mic or something like that and somebody plays this because I've seen that or in like singer songwriter showcases or whatever or even high school talent shows. Oh, yeah. There's something very accessible about this melody and it's touching and I don't know. Is there any any of your own writing, Dominique, that you find there would be a through line that you could trace back to Landslide as being influential on maybe oh, a, a song gosh. that you've written? Yes. I have this like weird, I can't even believe I'm going to admit this, but I have this <laughs> weird belief. Like obviously as a songwriter and artist, you you go through the waves of so much self-doubt and then mm-hmm. you get like this glimpse of confidence and like this high and you're like, yes, I got this. And then boom, dip back into the yeah. ditch. But one thing that I truly, truly believe like to my core is that there is a song within me that I believe will be like this. Maybe maybe not as big, but like there is something that I have in my I don't know, ether of life that will translate to many people and influence many people and I'm not sure if I've written it yet. Maybe I still have some growing to do, but this is like a staple or like time after time or dancing on yeah. my own is another song I love. Even you're still the one like Shania Queen, you know, like yeah. songs that people just like over time fall in love with and kids now are are discovering it and not understanding even the history of how iconic these songs are and they're just like thinking it's a new artist or something I don't know but (laughs) I study songs like this as I'm sure you guys do too to just try and not necessarily copy like oh these are the lyrics I need to write lyrics like this but just you know it was important for me to understand where she was mentally when she wrote this song and how those ideas came to her in that place and just kind of finding my own version of that but it's hard it's hard to write songs like these like Jesus. <laughs> it's iconic i mean it's Sorry. so yeah. rare <laughs> so I hard i love that sentiment i love that it's that just a small belief like energy, one though. song i don't even care if i'm the one singing it maybe it'll be adele <laughs> i don't know i'm not gonna you know but i could write it when i'm 70 you know yeah absolutely yeah. um i really like that any other moments from this or any moments in, in 
particular from this track that you want to uh, call out? Um, well, I I don't know if people know much about like the you know listeners about where she was at the time in her life when she wrote this song, and I think that's really special because once you know that, it just obviously if you don't know that and you hear the song for the first time, you have your own interpretation, which is a beautiful thing in itself. But her being on the edge of giving up on a relationship, of giving up on a dream, of of just like throwing in the towel and changing her entire life, everything she's worked forward. And then this is the song that completely shifts that and everything that she worked for and every decision she made that led her to that place led her to this moment where she could be so vulnerable and so honest and I get chills like just thinking about that. I'm like, gosh, how do I feel like that? Like, I just need to feel this like that. And now in the way that the world is with so many distractions and so many things you have to do as an artist and a songwriter, stay relevant. It's hard to just quiet all of that noise to be able to connect with an emotion or a feeling that you've had. It's so challenging, especially in the songwriter game. You're just going from session to session and like trying to write a hit every time it's like what even is a hit anymore like (laughs) i don't know and so yeah it's nice to come back and put a spotlight on songs like this because um i feel like less and less we're getting iconic songs out of artists and writers just because of the pressure i don't think it's they're they're incapable of it they're not less talented it's just there's all this different pressure on you to write a certain way or write for an art like it's just Mm -hmm. it's a lot it's hard to quiet all of that there's so many like algorithms and things like that yeah. deciding what we should be doing that, yeah, I think it, it's hard for people to do something sincerely. Yeah. <laughs> and Carter, like yep. back to your first question as how do you listen to music? I mean, mm. yeah, I used to grow up because I grew up in a car, but like when I talked to my parents, they used to like go out and wait in yeah. line to buy records and then they would just sit in their room and listen that to sounds, it and yeah. like yeah. wait for hours to see their the Beatles, like Oh my, I almost picked a Beatles song, but like, that is insane. And now it's like, oh, I'll listen to the new Taylor Swift record on my drive to work. And you're distracted so many times, it's hard to enjoy. It's just hitting me the absurdity, honestly, of the title of this particular episode, the most played song on my phone. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you picked it, man. (laughs) And it felt, it felt perfectly natural to, to call it this theme right it's yeah. like mm-hmm. that's how i listen to music i miss even just having an ipod i really do i yeah. i had so many several stolen out of my car which you know whoever Wait, did several? that well. i had two that's kind that, of a weird brag that i left on the say. front seat of my car and the window got smashed twice Ooh. which was stupid of me to leave it there but you know yeah i mean Canada, back in the day those were a little better but those were, that were gold, gold exactly <laughs> but even that like that's our like i remember <laughs> when I had an well, I iPod, CDs. that's like I remember CDs too, but it yeah that and even even cassettes briefly in my early memories. I'm aging myself well, now. <laughs> what I, what I'm saying, I think the iPod was the sweet spot. It was before yeah. you could connect it to the internet. It was you would download all the before you put games on it. It was just this is my music, and yeah. I carried it around. And I listened to it. That was that might have been like the Nadir. I think it's the like Nader or Nadir like of of listening to music where. It then turns to something else. There's still artists doing incredible stuff, though, and there's still people. I think like we have a record player. I love having a record player and, and yeah, going. Sure. I remember reading stuff, a stat but... a few years ago, though, that something like only a quarter of records that were sold, maybe it was like 2016 or something like that, were actually listened to. You know, oh, wow. <laughs> That's the other weird. ones were like put oh, on LPs. frames and walls. Oh, yeah, yes. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I gotta find that. That sounds I can't so dark. I, I don't that, think it was, that's, it's so it was so incredible. <laughs> that's way yeah. like, a quarter or listen to that sounds something like, like that. that. It was pretty bad, but I'll I'll see if I can find that. But I don't know. I feel like CDs were the sweet spot. In some oh my ways. gosh, like, I love CDs. Yeah, I love liner notes. Oh, fold out to I would read all of that. I <laughs> oh my gosh, I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. And then when you got computer, I would put it and I would find the album art and I would put it in my computer and yeah. I would like type it all in. <laughs> yeah. I was like obsessed with my yourself. organized yeah. music. Like, yeah, I was so had proud to. of my library. <laughs> 
It felt right? horrible if you had a CD and it was just the uh, the horrible. CD-ROM icon of a CD. Yeah. It's like, that's not yeah. right. No, gotta... that's wrong. <laughs> I don't think I would have really appreciated Britney Spears, except that Baby One More Time came in different colors and you yeah. didn't know what color CD you were getting. So like that's you sick. and all your friends would buy it to see who got what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think CDs were the sweet spot for me. <laughs> like there. CD consumption. burners, like pre-MP3. Mm-hmm. You like still make a playlist. First- the amount of CDs I tried to burn that like some want something would go wrong. There'd be like one song mm-hmm. on it. It just didn't. We had a my my mom bought us a CD burner label printer too one Christmas. <laughs> nice. Where you, could, you would make the label and stamp it. We're going down. I love this memory so lane. Funny. This is fantastic. But uh, before yeah, before I keep taking us on this uh, this journey, yeah. is there anything else from Landslide, <laughs> Dominique, that you'd want to you'd want to say? Um, this is great. I love these That's detours. So They're fantastic, yeah. and and yeah. that this song led us to that. But anything else you want to touch on? I want to make sure we we cover uh, this track. Before yeah, I, I I think we covered quite a bit. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a song that I will always go back to. You know, um, mm-hmm. and I just think it's one that touches any age any generation any any person can relate to it and her voice is so iconic um mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah it's one of the best awesome um that's perfect spot to segue into our next uh track so here we go i won't Watching you Dance around In your smoke And flicker out You're nothing like I used to Hey, what uh, do we have the pleasure of listening to? We are listening to the song Slip by Elliot Moss. Question answered. Yeah. All right, uh, great episode. Um, yeah, let's wrap there. Um, yeah, I don't I know. The song. Like I said, yeah. it, it was basically going to be this, something I wrote unfinished, or like music for dogs that I put on when um, our Sheltie's nervous. Well, shout out Devin Collins and, and Evan Marion, uh, part of his live band. Or is Devin Collins? So is, part of- is, but are any of them on this track? I wasn't I don't, sure I think he's programmed drums, right? Yeah. I get the sense from Elliot that he is a DIY producer start to finish. He's a multi-instrumentalist, so I do think there's a good chance that he's doing most of it himself. Playing and programming everything and then brings a, a pretty incredible live band together for certain shows and tours and whatnot so which i was actually going to talk about sorry because no 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 <laughs> take your <laughs> it's a good segue so this song actually i didn't realize was strangely important to me <laughs> i think it's possibly the first track i heard that really helped me reconcile who i had been as like you know a singer songwriter in high school who just wanted to be fiona apple desperately mm-hmm. and um uh somebody who was like at jazz school like a novice jazz head kind of situation i didn't know music like this or james blake or any of that sort of down tempo yeah. stuff existed i was so busy trying to catch up on jazz with everybody i was at school with and felt so much like a fish out of water mm-hmm. for the years leading up to when i first heard this but for an assignment in one of my classes Berkeley paid a group of young musicians to play our projects. It was a pretty pivotal experience for me just because it's the first time that I put my material in someone else's hands and had nothing to do with the performance beyond like being in the room. And it felt good because they were amazing. And I started listening to anything any of those guys were involved in for a while. And one of them was Evan Marion, who uh, is the bass player that was touring with Elliot Moss at the time. I think he still is. Evan's a remarkable bass player, though. He's an amazing doing his bass own, player. Own thing, um, definitely worth checking out. I mean, you mentioned James Blake, major James yeah. Blake's uh, James Blake vibes on on this. Absolutely. Track. Um, I'd also put him in the same category as like Sun Lux, um, who we made the course with Ryan Lott, who's like my hero. Yeah. When it comes to music, but um, but yeah, I heard this track. I think I had also recently started dating you, Carter. Cool. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, cool, um, which made it so I was conscious of bass lines in a way I hadn't been before. Like I was actually paying attention <laughs> to bass. I'm sorry. People just don't listen closely to bass a lot of the time, but That's I was starting fair. to. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> um, well, let me ask, let's ask our guests. So Dominique, uh, bass lines, when you're listening to music as a songwriter. How much attention yeah, do you Yeah, do, do you notice this them? Is, do you focus on them at all? This is a question. This is a <laughs> yeah. question. Um, loaded, in fact, because I've <laughs> chatted with many people about this. Um, when I hear a song, the first thing I hear are melody and lyrics. And fair. I rarely yeah. hear the musicality of it, which is yeah. super weird. And then when I re-listen to it, I can hear everything. And now that I've started producing, I hear it a lot more. Like when I started really diving into dissecting music and putting yeah. it back together, that's when I really started to notice but most of my life as a consumer nah I, I'm, I was all about lyrics like lyrics like lyrics right oh my gosh yeah couldn't tell you a baseline at all <laughs> that's that's totally right? fair like, couldn't sing it no unless it's like it's, in some really specific cases maybe. yeah or if it's like sorry, yes Carter. totally yeah well, that's i think that's totally fair i think there, there's been really interesting case study on like what you listen to in music because i think if you're a musician whatever your role in making music is that's what you're going to focus on of course but if you're not a musician that i don't remember what the hell i listened to before i played bass it was everything kind of that's still how i listen to metal i forgot to mention that was a long time ago but like i can listen to metal and still have that feeling of like i just let the whole song happen just wash over, but it's yeah. other stuff it's like i can't i just you know you have to analyze a really excellent mix engineer once told me like vocals you can actually bring down a little lower than you think a lot of the time because yeah more bass because humans are so no because humans are so tuned into the human voice mm. that our ears seek it out naturally so even if you're not picking up lyrics i think whatever a human voice is doing is going to grab your ear yeah absolutely i mean like all the huge pop songs the melodies are so fire it doesn't even matter you just want to sing whatever they're saying because yeah. the melodies are mm -hmm. so fantastic yeah and they're front and center and compressed to death yeah and that's wonderful <laughs> somehow you know Mejia, do you have any notes or thoughts on the yeah opening? the harmony in this yeah. i like my research this week i'm looking at my notes it's basically a list of reasons i like this song <laughs> instead of like actual research this time um i love harmony in general but i specifically like chord progressions that balance the simple and the complex so like something like this where there's like moan mixture stuff happening but it's only a few chords so that your ear has time to get used to it and accept it as normal even though it's kind of an atypical sound um yeah i'm a big fan of that did you have thoughts on that oh, just i know how he made that sound and how the harmonies happening. oh the vocal, yeah, harmonies. the vocal harmonies i'm sorry i thought you were talking harmony in general I don't want to steal your point, though. If that's no, no, funny. no. I don't. I don't have the specifics. That's just Antares but... Harmony Engine. He has some really cool chopped up live streams on his website, actually, that he shares uh, some of his production tips and tricks. And he, yeah, that's that's Antares uh, Harmony Engine. That he uses quite a bit uh, on a lot of his uses music, well. and he uses very well. He uses it as yeah. as an instrument, not <laughs> something to mask. Like I have it, and the way I use it is like mask my voice. Um, but he's using it as an instrument, which is really really cool. Um, well, and also cool. if you're writing, like these melodies are, you know, they're like tension heavy and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as simple as just throwing like hitting the on button on your harmony engine you know you actually have to put thought into it or things are going to clash so he does that really well as this being your most played song what would you because you, you i'm guessing and i keep going back to scenarios but like you've listened to it a lot of different uh cases i'm sure what's your favorite like what's the best time to listen to slip from elliot moss <laughs> that's putting you on the spot a difficult question yeah. Well, yeah, because it's not like an optimistic song. No, it's you know, not. like there's tracks where it's like, yeah, I would listen to this in that situation anytime, but this is in some ways a bit of a downer. Rainy day. <laughs> Rainy day. Um, when you're feeling like a little melancholy and want to lean into that, it's got that vibe. If you watch the music video, it's pretty um soul piercing. Yeah, I don't know. It's a catalyst for melancholy emotions. So yeah, rainy day. I don't know. 
Uh, Dominique, any Evening. any thoughts on slip? Uh, may, like where it'd be best to listen to or anything? Just in general, <laughs> the the track itself. Yeah, um, you know, I, it's funny. I was kind of like a late bloomer to this type of music. Mm. I'm not sure why, because I feel like I was missing out. But it is it is very melancholy and emotionally mm. driven. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, wow. I I don't know where I would listen to it. Maybe if I'm feeling not necessarily down, but in a space where I just want to like not meditate, but kind of zone mm. out and just mm-hmm. see what happens like emotionally. Maybe I start to cry. I don't know. Maybe it makes <laughs> hey, me we'll happy. See where it goes. Great. Like, yeah. you know, I, or even just sometimes winding down, putting on music in your room and just taking a moment. Like it, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of between the big emotions, like that space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which I like about down-tempo music in general. I feel like lyrically it often exists in these kind of gray areas. It's not just happy and it's not just Totally. Mm-hmm. It's complicated and so are people. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, Carter, I was going to ask your opinion yeah. on this. So what is it about certain down-tempo songs and artists? Something about the arrangement just makes it so that they don't feel slow. You know, yeah. if we're talking tempo, this is a very slow song. But what is it that keeps it moving? I think that's easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a perfect answer for this. And whether I can... Whether I can frame it well or not is another story, but I would label it as the introduction of ear candy throughout the song. So you're, Hmm. you know, I think great producers, you might have like the chorus, like everything is thrown in, but restraint, restraint really is what it is. Like Mm -hmm. I have a great idea, so I'm not going to repeat it over and over and over and over. There's like little things, like the the envelope opens up on one of the synths a little bit. It's like subtle mm-hmm. stuff like that that makes your ears perk up throughout the course of the song. That That's it. It's like not overloading the listener with, here's all my best stuff right now. Take, like, take this part of the song. No, like it's introducing little bits, a groove here, a little little something uh, changed on the groove. It's, it's really subtle. Um, the yeah. subtle build is kind of what I, and the song is a great example of that. Totally. I do think a lot of stuff like this has like a little bit of a hip hop feel to it too. Um, So I don't know if some of it is that it's just not square, you know? So like your ear takes a while to get used to the push and pull of a song like this for some reason. Mm. I feel like Landslide like has kind of that same thing to it. It's just, it's guitar and vocal, but like, I think it's like when she says like, um, like the phrasing specifically, you mean? Take my love, take it down vocally. I think like musically, everything kind of comes down a little bit too. Prosody. <laughs> I'm like taking us back a little bit, but like, yeah, there's like little subtle things um, yeah, yeah. that make, yeah, that make tracks. Yeah, like for that sure. Magical. I mean, um, like when I first started writing, I wrote a lot of pop, like straight up pop. And obviously there's a formula that everyone knows. Yeah. Um, and I think why I'm drawn to certain artists and songs like this a lot of the times is to get away from that is because they they kind of break those molds and mm-hmm. um that's really exciting to my brain yeah. because I'm so conditioned to write a certain way and it's very hard for me to write uh, like I couldn't write a song like Slip I mean I I, I, mm. I guess I shouldn't say I couldn't but it would be it would be like challenging for me i would have to mm-hmm. get out of my mind a little bit whereas pop like boom 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 easy easy because yeah. there's a formula it's like easy for me to work in that space like in those lines so yeah i feel like pop meets expectations intentionally whereas a lot of the stuff is intentionally defying them totally um right or maybe not intentionally i don't even know um Dominique, I'm curious. You mentioned you're more recently getting into production. Has that shifted your songwriting approach at all or influenced and, and changed it in any way? Oh, yeah. I can't believe it took me so long, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, before the pandemic, I was just in so many sessions constantly trying to do the songwriter thing, you know, like really make something of myself. And because of that, I think I just kind of was coasting on the fact that I was always working with producers and instrumentalists Mm -hmm. that were phenomenal and so I never felt the need I guess I felt the desire but not the push like the need to learn it myself and I think that was really constricting and so when the pandemic hit you know I had a few months of like what is going on (laughs) as everyone did and Retta actually was instrumental in helping me learn because he's amazing and I just went for it. I got Pro Tools. I got an air. I got a fancy mic. And I was just like, I'm doing this. That's awesome. And yeah, it's completely transformed the way that I write now because 
even though I'm still limited in my abilities, it's allowed me to explore options I wouldn't be able to. And not to bash anybody, but I don't have to like <laughs> wait for anybody to do stuff. Like, which that's is a really big, frustrating true. thing yeah. is like waiting for people to send you tracks, waiting for people yeah. to finish things. It's like, it's a constant battle and everybody's yeah. busy and I understand there's reasons, but in another way, it's kind of hard because I get frustrated when I know what I want to do in my brain and I can't do it yet. And I'm like, oh my mm. God, this is so frustrating. Mm. And I get a little down on myself because I know things take time. Like I can't compete with somebody that's been doing it for 10 years, but I try. Yeah, but it's funny, <laughs> like, you having a, a new perspective at it too, you might just find that feeling getting new to production is like, well, I can't do that. And I'm not saying this is your thought, but like I would just have this feeling, I'm sure a lot of people do where it's like, I can't do that yet, but like maybe the way that I do it is just different and whatever gets the idea out. That's so awesome to hear though. And I think pretty inspiring, I, I'm sure to a lot of listeners of the show, that's like, yeah, even though you're an incredible songwriter, it's like, well, I'm going to actually go out and, and learn another skill. That is incredibly yeah. daunting. It's incredibly it's, daunting. Yeah. I mean, and I love it. I feel, I feel pretty cool now that I can be like, oh yeah, I can, I can send you vocals. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you vocals. <laughs> Like, and that's a that's and, a separator for you. And, and they're like, oh, these yeah. are actually good. I'm like sick. <laughs> sick. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, I actually feel um I've been complimented a couple of times, not to like toot my own horn, but because I'm not I'm not I didn't go to music school, like I'm not musically gifted by any means. Like I thank God I can sing decently. Um Reda makes fun of me sometimes because I will put tracks together and he's like, This sounds great, but well like what are you doing? And because I, and I, I just go off feel a lot yeah. of the times yeah, or yeah. what what I think sounds good. Yeah. And it may not necessarily make sense to somebody who has a trained ear or like, you know, knows what they're actually doing. But a lot of the times it, I laugh because it's it's just completely based off feeling. And there mm -hmm. is something to be said about that. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, but hey, before, you know, before we wrap things, of course, <laughs> but is there anything else on slip that you'd like to touch on? Um, no, I, just, I guess just, well, I guess, yes, just <laughs> lyrically, more on this genre, you know, I like that Elliot Moss's music and artists like him have this interesting way of balancing lines that feel very poetic and full of metaphor and mysterious and all that, and then just really repetitive, simple ideas that feel like mantras. This is the first song I heard that did that in a way that I was conscious of. That changed how I write. Very cool. That was my first listen of him, so I'm... I'm it's pretty great, nice. right? Interested. <laughs> I can't wait to hear more, to be honest. Slip, slip, slip through your hands. Well, folks, time for my favorite part of every episode where we get to learn a little bit more about our guests. Dominique, this is so fun. I, yeah, I really had a blast. Thank you so much for doing it. Shout out to Retta uh, for connecting us on this for sure. And um, But yeah, now the floor is yours to share anything that you'd like our listeners to know about your music, where they can get it, uh, who you're working with uh, as a songwriter, your website, your socials, anything. Again, the floor is yours. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I write for other people um but i also release music under dominique um which i kind of wish i had thought of an artist name back when i started because <laughs> wow i feel it's a like a great name i, I mean, mean <laughs> i love my name but basically i got a few features when i was first starting out and i was like oh yeah just put dominique is fine <laughs> like so naive what was i thinking i mean there's like 5,000 Dominiques on Spotify now. It's so hard. And I just keep thinking like, it's okay. It's okay. Because if I just keep going, yeah. eventually I'll overpass it all. And You'll be the yeah. one. Yeah. But I mean, there are moments where I'm like, oh my God, this is annoying. <laughs> um, oh, so I release under Dominique. So basically if you want to find my music, just type in Dominique and a song title, like Hold On. It's mm. one of my songs and it'll pop right up and then you can listen. But you know, I'll we'll link in show notes. Yeah. yeah I, I do a wide array of writing. I write for DJs, which is really fun. I like doing those records a lot. And those are some of my most successful records. And um, I like working with indie artists, like as I'm an indie artist and I feel really inspired by people that are like just going after it. It's wonderful. And and yeah, and I am working on a few things right now. Lots of music will probably come out next year. I 
finish like two EPs with this company. And um, I'm really excited about one of those EPs uh, in particular, because I think one of my favorite songs I've ever written is on that. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for it to come out. I just can't wait to share it. That's exciting. Um, yeah. And then I am trying to get some, oh, I, it's really hard when you're an artist doing this pretty much alone because I definitely look for advice from people all the time. Um, but everyone's like, just, just follow your heart. Just, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, my heart's saying many different things and I'm just yeah. panicking now and I have anxiety and it's just all, it's all just, I don't know what to do. Um, but I, yeah, I will be releasing more music. I, what, what else? And doing some videos and doing the, doing the thing. And that's going to do it for this episode of Themes and Variation. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to listen to every track mentioned on this episode, be sure to check out the Spotify playlist in our show notes. Remember to head to soundfly.com for all of your music learning needs and a huge shout out to Dominique Marie for joining us on this episode. And as a special treat, we're going to play a little snippet from her track, Figure Everything Out, from her brand new EP, Rediscovery, that just dropped on November the 18th. And we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and a new theme. It's been six years in this apartment. I feel lucky some days and then I don't. I could take a drive to clear my mind. I could call a friend for some advice. I could do a million things, but I won't. And the world spins in this constant chaos It all means nothing and everything at once And I glance up at the mirror Wonder if I should be thinner I can't trust this voice, it only hurts Got a smile that can fool anyone I've been told to have some patience Last man standing gets the ovation But what's the point when it's no longer